Sportsman. We are This is the following presentation from Spider Sports Properties and Playfly Sports. And thanks for listening to Richmond Athletics on 1061 ESPN. It's time to talk University of Richmond basketball. This is Behind the Web with head coach Chris Mooney, live from World of Beer Bar and Kitchen, 11,600 West Broad Street in Short Pump. Tonight's show is brought to you by CarMax, Lux Chevrolet, Bryant Heating and Cooling, Cornerstone Partners CoStar Group and Bon Secours Health System, and by Cabell Childress Group. Join in online anytime and be a part of the show with your questions and comments. Text 804-327-0888. Email behind the web at richmond.edu or on Twitter using at Spider Voice, at Richmond Athletics, or at ESPN Richmond. Now, here's the voice of the Spiders, Bob Black with Coach Mooney. This is Behind the Web, presented by World of Beer on 1061 ESPN and the Spider Sports Network. King comes up with it. Spiders come back to offense, looking to keep this run going. King underneath the basket, bounce pass underneath the Bailey. With the right hand, he lays it in. King to Bailey for two. What an offensive rebound, Bigelow. Isaiah from the right wing, a deep three, swish. Isaiah Bigelow doing it all right now. Loose ball, Mikel Tyne sprints out of there with it for Richmond. Drop pass to King, fires it to Quinn in the corner. Mikel Tyne, a three ball. Good by Tyne, right in front of the spider bench which erupts and with that we welcome you into world of beer here in short pump time for another edition of behind the web with spider head coach chris mooney i'm bob black appreciate the folks in the house with us this evening we're here on monday nights we'll be here next monday night as well then a little bit of a holiday break and then we'll get rolling in january when we get into conference play with a show every week 804-327-0888 if you want to text us to interact with the show or you can email us behind the web at richmond.edu spiders hit the exam break which is now ongoing on the university of richmond campus no game this week until we get to saturday's game against charlotte uh back at the robin center i know the spiders will be very happy to be back home after the uh, travel that they have endured here the last couple of weeks coach mooney that concluded with the florida game down there in sunrise florida on saturday didn't get a chance to talk to you after the game on the post game radio show because of the commitment you had with the double header down there so i I would open the show tonight with uh, just get some observations and thoughts. Uh, a lot of that game, I, you know, the Spiders did a lot of good things. Didn't do them for 40 minutes, obviously, but certainly did a lot of good things. I just wonder your perspective coming out of the Florida game specifically. Can you? Okay, there we go. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, we did do some good things. Uh, I feel like, um, you know, one thing that we, we needed to do was, you know, certainly take care of the ball, move the ball, get ourselves good shots. We did that. Uh, we, we needed to be a little bit, um, create probably a few more turnovers on defense or a few more bad possessions for them. Uh, and I think the one thing about Florida is uh, they're one of the top 10 or so offensive rebounding teams in the, in the country. And so when we did make them have bad possessions, uh, you know, too often they were able to rebound that and get a second shot or get second jam points. And they also got to the free throw line a lot. So even though our defense was was pretty good and our numbers were pretty good, um, they were they we didn't hold them without a shot or steal the ball. I would say, you know, create enough turnovers to make them a little bit tighter. 
And then, um, you know, we did send them to the line. Uh, well, we didn't send them to the line, but they, they were they were at the free throw line a little bit more often than 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 we could have than we should have uh, than should have been. And so, but you know, some positives in terms of uh, you know they they only had one offensive rebound going into the last media of the first half. Uh, then they got, you know, I think an extra three there in the last four minutes. Uh, and then I thought we, you know, we moved the ball. We, uh, we, I thought Neil was just tremendous in the second half. Um, you know, we were able to score. Mikel had a great game, you know, especially for someone playing his 10th college game. Uh, so there were a lot of positives. It's just that we needed to make the game, you know, you, Florida is a very f- uh, free-flowing uh kind of easygoing team we needed to introduce a little bit more tension there uh and we, we weren't able to do that you know for you know uh consecutive possessions often enough coach mentioned neil neil quinn he'll be our special player guest he's with us uh, here in the restaurant already and he'll be with us in the middle segments that's a word i heard you know, coach thomas had the scout uh that he used as you just did and maybe you can go even a little deeper on he kept saying we have to create tension tension and not free flow um, you know, what was kind of the goal of, of that aspect? Yeah, I think it's just like when you play a team. I mean, they're, they're extremely talented. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, the, it's the most talented team we've played in a number of years. Uh, their depth of talent is very, very impressive. And when you play a team like that, you know, you can't, um, you know, you have to make it difficult for them in one way or another. And so you probably have to give a couple of things up or one or two things up. And we're, really, we're willing to let their uh, front court players shoot some threes. You know, one banked in. Uh, They made a few, but for the most part, you know, those were, when they missed, those were pretty bad possessions for them. Uh, but then you also have to deflect passes, you know, steal a ball when a guy's dribbling in the lane. Um, you know, when when they have a careless mistake because they are so free flowing and uh, and pushing the ball in transition, you have to capitalize on that. Uh, and then you have to take you have to take some good possessions on offense that are not uh, that can take some time. And um, again, I thought we 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 did a you know we had some you know beautiful possessions great possessions we took care of the ball um neil really put a lot of pressure them on them uh on their defense in the second half and we did a lot of those things well but just not enough and you don't create enough tension i think we were um jai had a one up for a layup that got blocked Mm -hmm. that would have cut it to five and i think we had another opportunity where we're at the free throw line uh, at a one-on-one and had it could go from seven to five you just want to get into that you know five point three point game where where it's a little bit threat i still think florida would play very freely uh but there's a little bit of game pressure there that that helps the you know the underdog in a big way four guys in, in, in double figures as it turned out with isaiah and neil with 17 and you mentioned mikel tyne just tremendous with 16 points and uh jordan king you know he's only six of 14 from the floor but still finds a way to get into double figures with 14 points would you say that could be a, a formula for success if you can see you know four guys maybe not those same four every night that are in yeah. double figures that good things would be coming yeah i think so and i think that uh you know i think we're getting a better and better understanding of how we play uh how much the center is involved how much movement away from the ball is involved uh and i think we've you know we've played uh we've had really really great segments our home games we've really had uh great possessions on offense i thought that you know against a long athletic team that we really um, moved the ball well, got open shots, got good shots. So I, I do think that. I think that, you know, obviously um, Neil and Jordan um, can really score and can really take advantage of, of their particular matchup, uh, and they can help everybody else as well. Um, you know, uh, 
because of the attention that Jordan has on him and because of the attention Neil has, they can really help other guys uh, by distributing the ball and, um, you know, taking – you know, taking the attention on them and making it to work against the defense and helping other guys score. And we've, we've done a good job of that, and I think we'll continue to grow in that area. And that helps more and more guys get baskets and get to double figures. Chris, you've kind of been searching the last few games for that fifth uh, starting spot, not necessarily double-figure scoring spot, but the, the fifth starting spot. Obviously, Aiden Noyes got the first shot at it. Jason got it, uh, Jason Roach got a shot at it, and now Jai Bailey. Um, just the significance of that and where you think you are with, with those three guys moving forward. Yeah, I, I think they're all they're all doing well. I mean, I think Jai's playing the best. I mean, Jai's playing among the best on, on our team. Uh, the luxury bringing him off the bench is that, especially with Delani out, he's playing some guard and some forward, so he can be that first sub and go in for anybody. Um, you know, now, of course, when, when we subbed in, uh, since Jai started, we subbed in and then Jai is staying and he's moving positions in the game and then he's in there for quite a long bit uh, in the first half and in both halves. Um, so there's a little bit of a luxury to bringing Jai off the bench, but I felt like he has been playing, you know, by far the best and most consistent uh, of all of our forwards. And so, um, and defensively, Jai gives us a little bit of something. Uh, his versatility, his ability, he had six steals in the game against Florida. Um, you know, the, the way he can guard, defend forwards and front players and, and, um, and guards uh, is, is really impressive. So we felt like going into a game as, against such a talented team, that would be the way to go. Uh, I think until Delani gets back, it'll still be a little bit by, I think when Delani gets back and we're a little bit more established, then I think we might settle on a starting lineup. But for now, you know, I want to see how those guys do, how we feel about the particular matchup um, and, and what we feel about the rotation can be outside of the starters. Uh, and so we'll, we'll, make our, we'll make our decisions uh, from game to game for the most part. And I think when Delani gets back, we might settle into a more, a more uh, everyday starting lineup. You and uh, your fellow coaches saw this coming in Jai Bailey, didn't you? I can remember talking to you guys in the summertime and then into the preseason camp before the schedule started, and everyone was was singing the praises of Jai. Yeah, he had a tremendous offseason. And, uh, you know, Jai, um, you know, again, he's a little bit, hopefully we can have we can continue to have these types of guys at Richmond, but, you know, guys who stay, um, you know, he redshirted and then he plays a little bit as a freshman, a little bit up and down, like almost every freshman sticks with it, you know, uh, loves Richmond, keeps trying, adds some weight, uh, has really worked hard in the weight room. Um, and then his comfort and level and confidence is so high because he's familiar with how we're trying to play, how many times he's, you know, uh, been in, in a practice situation, a workout situation, it just comes, starts to come very easily to you, and I think that's when the the great plays can show up. And yeah, he's he's been great. I mean, I've, uh, you know, he's such a fluid and athletic player, and he can pass. Um, he made some great defensive plays uh, against Florida. You know, he he's he's really really such a he's making winning plays. Uh, he's doing it very very consistently, and uh, yeah, he had a great. Uh, summer, fall, and and as as continued right into the season. This is a, a deeper discussion that we can get into at some point, particularly on a talk show. But I have said this about Jai all year long. You know, he started at Wake Forest. That didn't work out because Coach Manning was out, and he came here on that recommendation. And it's been up and down, as you said, and injuries. Nobody's fault, but. You know, in this day and age, Chris, of the transfer portal, that kind of description almost defines 
a kid who's going to go into the transfer portal. And I give yeah. Jai so much credit, and you guys as well, for the program that you built and the culture, that he didn't do that and is now flourishing at yeah. his school. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I think when when um, you know when I came back last year after after uh, recovering from the surgery, I met with Jai and talked about you know that we're trying to bring in guards and this is what we're trying to do in the transfer portal and and he just had one question. He said, "What can I do to get better?" <laughs> uh, and and uh, we talked uh, for a while about it and um, you know he, he's really like uh, an incredibly wonderful uh kid and you know he can really understand things fr from a basketball perspective so when you when you point out something he might want to try or do he can really attack that uh and he has he has improved tremendously and again it's it's not he hasn't improved as much as his confidence has gone up and so um you know when your confidence is that high and you already have that ability both athletic ability and a high skill level you can really make some things happen and uh he has and and i, I agree bob I'm, I'm so proud of him so proud that he's on the spiders and uh just think the world of of how he's playing and how it came to be all right so uh, neil quinn is coming up here right after the break would you say that his ability and confidence level has been in step-by-step step for him and the improvement you know you kind of uh altered it with jai but for for neil that it has kind of been in in concert with one another yeah i would say for neil i mean uh neil's a great player capital g and i think that um the more that Neil understands that and plays uh -huh. like that, then the better off we'll be. I, I think uh, because he's such a team player and, um, you know, facilitator and, you know, wonderful Irish boy, uh, I think sometimes he's, uh, he's, he wants to be a little bit a part of the, you know, part of the uh, – the whole team and you know when you're a great player you have you have bigger responsibilities than that and i think the more that in his mind he play, plays to dominate uh and looks at, out across the competition and, and knows he's better and that he's the key then i think that we'll we'll really benefit from that and he's done that uh, a lot this year uh, but the more he does that you know 40 minutes every game then the better off we'll be and he's coming off a really good one with the 17 points five rebounds and six assists against florida john o'connor had a really good story in the times dispatch today on neil's performances particularly against the quote-unquote big name teams and how how good he has really been in those games and now you look for the consistency in all of those games we look for neil quinn to join us next he'll be up here at the head table here at world of beer when behind the web continues in just a moment with coach mooney i'm bob black thank you for being here tonight everyone back with neil quinn next as behind the web continues News on 106.1 ESPN. The timeout's over. Now, more behind the web from World of Beer Bar and Kitchen in Short Pump on 106.1 ESPN and the Spider Sports Network. Now, here's Quinn along the baseline underneath the hoop. Reverse layup high off the window and good. Neil Quinn has a 20-point game tonight. Quinn for Richmond along the baseline with a two-hand dunk and one. Neil Quinn with an authoritative two-hand slam. That was impressive by Neil Quinn. And now we're going to hear from Neil Quinn. The Spider Center joins us on Behind the Web live from World of Beer as our special player guest uh, on this Monday evening. Neil, thanks uh, thanks for joining us. I wonder if you could start a little bit by just kind of framing where you think you are individually through the first 10 games of the season and then transcend that into where the team is after these first 10 games of the year. Yeah. Uh, 
Is it on? Uh, I think I like where I'm at right now, but I definitely think there's room to improve. Um, I think, obviously, as a team, we've yet to put a full 40 minutes together. And obviously, it's a very hard thing to do. Um, but I think that, you know, me personally, there's still room to grow. There's still room to improve. Um, you know, defensively and offensively. And I think that's the same for our team as, you know, as hopefully when D'Lo comes back and everyone's more comfortable playing together, I think that we'll see a big leap, especially come conference play. Um, not that you were bad last year because you certainly weren't, but it does seem like you've taken a quantum leap in so many aspects of your game this year that between last season and this season you've made the kind of leap that maybe freshman to sophomore guys kind of make can you speak a little bit to that how that all developed and and how good you feel about that type of improvement yeah um i think that really a lot of it is is hard work um you know i've worked so hard with you know coach boyden and grant and tj and everyone during the summer to just to continue to work on my deficiencies, continue to work on my body with Jay and, and Andy. Um, so, and then with the hard work comes the confidence. So, you know, I've done this before. I've, you know, made this shot a hundred times in practice. You know, I've worked on this all the time. You know, I, I've been to Europe. I've played against EuroLeague caliber guys. And so pretty much it's just a matter of knowing that I'm here, knowing that I can do it. Um, you know, I feel at home and I'm ready to hoop. Were there maybe I should ask you this first, Chris? As as Neil went into the off season, were there specific areas that you wanted the most improvement out of him, or was it just a general "Hey, let's get better" kind of thing? Well, uh, not necessarily specific, but he, Neil really works very, very hard, and you know we've been so lucky with the, some of the um, bigger guys that we've had. Um, you know, Dan Giroux and TJ Grant. They, these guys really love to be in the gym, and Neil is just like that. I mean, he. He really likes to play. He likes to work on his game. He's really worked hard on his body. You know, I've, I've, a lot of coaches have commented to me about just how much better he looks. Um, and so I don't think it was a specific thing. Again, it was more, you know, he, doesn't, he has a great mentality. He has a, you know, terrific mentality. Uh, but I do think that when you're, um, you know, when you're, when you're a, a passing guy and a team player, that's a little bit counterintuitive for you to just be demand the ball and be dominant and uh but it can, it, it it works you know what i mean it, that, that's uh, i think probably tj is probably the best example is an elite passer uh but really really thought he was better than everybody and was <laughs> um but that's how that's how he really approached the game and i think that uh that, that's the, that's what i would just want from neil and um you know he has worked and so we'll have, you know, he'll be in the gym in the in the summertime in the morning. Uh, then he'll have uh, lift weights. Then we'll have a workout. And then he's doing extra exercise, not just lifting, but exercise in the afternoon. Now, that's a lot for a seven-footer to put in a lot of sweat, a lot of calories coming out. Uh, and so to do all that work, you know, then, then you may as well reap the rewards um, of being the guy who and, – and, of course, you know, we don't make any – uh, we don't hide the fact that we want to throw the ball to him every single t every possession, and so, um, you know, I, I think that that's to me is is the most important thing is just becoming someone who thinks more dominantly, uh, because 
you know, he's incapable for the most part. He would still make the right play at the end of the day. If there was a double team or somebody came to help and someone's open, he's going to make the right play. But to go into that more dominantly is going to is going to help us across the board. So we've seen the skill set improvement, the touch around the basket, the floater that you've developed from whatever twelve to fifteen feet, all of that. But I think that's really interesting. The physicality side of this and how you went about it and did you kind of have to buy into that did you want to be just i just want to go out there and work on my shot as opposed to i better get in the weight room as well and to hear other coaches say that the biggest difference they see in neil quinn is your body yeah um i mean i've pretty much been fighting it my whole life and i'm naturally a bigger guy (laughs) so you know it was really just working with the nutritionist and you know getting in with with jay and just you know the versa climber in the weight room i've probably put more hours on that than any other person other than jay um you know even now after a day off i'm doing like versa climber sprints to get ready for the game in two days and in the summer on the jump rope on the versa climber and and pretty much just doing everything i can because i want to be on the court at my best for as long as possible and there's so many different factors that go into that not just you know working on your game but it's also working on your body working on your conditioning working on your health so I, I think that's what I really focused on. Did you have to buy into that? Was it something you, you embraced or accepted? I know there's some guys that are going to fight it a little bit and don't want to put the amount of time in there that you did. No, I, I definitely think, you know, there's some days when you're like, oh, yeah, you know, i got to go on the first climber again for 45 minutes or whatever. <laughs> but it's really just, you know, how bad you want it. Like, it gets to a point where, oh, I, I just have to do it. Like, it's there's no other it's in your brain like this is what you do every day to get ready for a game you know you want to be the best player out there so this is what you have to do and i bought in fully uh as i alluded to a really nice story that john wrote in the times dispatch today about the success you're having this season and particularly in the big games not that you have been not good in the games against the lesser conference opponents but is there a mindset there is there a challenge i mean we're talking about games against the floridas and the boston college and unlv and colorados of the world yeah, I mean, it's, once again, like Coach was saying, you know, and Coach Boyden was telling me, like, you have to, and then Grant, you know, everyone's texting me saying, that, you know, if you want to win this game, you have to be the best player on the floor. Um, and you have to, you know, get as many shots up as you can and, and you know, just be aggressive. And so that's pretty much what I've been doing in those big games. They often play me one-on-one. So mm. it's just go out there and, and play. Chris, is that part of it that they're they're playing him one on one and they're thinking, all right, we'll we'll get him one on one, and they're not getting him one on one. Yeah, I think so. I, I think that you know, part uh, you know, they have the size. A lot of those schools will have the size to match up with Neil. Uh, not that the guy can guard him, but they just has the size. They feel a little bit better about that matchup. Uh, and then I think also the way we play that they would rather. You know, they, they might feel more comfortable. Well, we know where the ball is there, you know what I mean, and h- him go and try to score. Uh, so, you know, you're going to see all different kinds of, of defenses and, and matchups and how people are going to try to deal with them. Uh, but, yeah, I think they just feel like because they have the size, they can make him score over uh, his defender. Um, and he's really made them pay for that and, and uh, can do it at an even higher clip. The other part of your game that's been outstanding now has been the passing game. We saw it last year, but seeing it even more this year. What is kind of your confidence level and connection that has developed with the other four guys on the court, many of whom you are playing with? Obviously, the backcourt you're playing with for the first time. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, especially, you know, Kel's doing a great job as a freshman. Probably, you know, like one of the better things I've seen, you know, and. I think, um, you know, when D'Lo was out there, Jordan, he knows how to play the game. Like, he knows how to cut, when to cut. 
Zay's been doing a great job cutting going back door, and then obviously Jai's been terrific. Um, mm-hmm. I pretty much try and find where Jai is on the floor. Hmm. You see a lot of times we have ball screens with me and Jai, and like there was one play against Florida where I think I had it at the top, and I saw a big man was guarding him, and I was like, Jai, go. And I just threw it over the kid's head, and they got a foul. Um, so I pretty much look for guys who are going to cut hard and, and want you know, and want to score. So it's just a matter of trusting the guys. Um, how much of that, I think the Jai thing is really interesting because you've been around him over a year now. But for the other guys to start to develop that kind of nonverbal communication with, with when Delo's out there and Jordan is first year, Mikel's first year, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of it is practice and reps and, and game experience, seeing like, oh, I see his turned or whatever and this is the angle that I could take and I know that Neil's going to throw it to me because when I, especially when I was playing in Europe I didn't realize this but a lot of guys they were like oh I'm not cutting like the big guy's not going to throw it to me why would I waste my time cutting and to have the luxury of being here and you know that guys know if they cut as hard as they can at the right time they're going to get an open shot so I, I think that that's very beneficial and great to a coach and the culture that we have here you know i think the opposite applies as well and i've had this conversation with jordan and delo coming from other programs where the center isn't the center of attention to make those kind of passes have you guys talked about that at all because both of them have been like wow this is great because we can get the ball after it goes to the center not it never coming back to us yeah, I think uh, D'Lo, I remember in the scrimmages and uh, in the VMI game, he was like, I've never had such open layers before in my life. I was like, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I'll go to Richmond. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty much just you know a matter of finding guys. And, yeah, I think that Jordan has done a great job, too. Like, even in the first pickup, I could tell, like, on his visit, how he knew when to cut and what he saw. So I just I knew it would be a great fit right away. Chris, is that conversation that you have with those guys that say, you know, this is going to be different because here's how we're going to get you the ball as opposed to what you were used to at, at Wagner or East yeah. Tennessee State? Yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, I mentioned Jordan uh, <clears throat> when we first spoke, talked about he talked about our style of play and how much he thought that would help him and how it was a great way to play. It just takes pressure off everybody. I, I feel like um, – <clears throat> that, that that's the the way we play really takes a lot of tension out of the game mm-hmm. you know rather than thinking okay this play calls for me to shoot you're thinking about that going down court as you're coming off the screen there's a little bit of tension there that you're just playing you know and you're seeing what the next play is and if you have good instincts if your center has good instincts you can really get an open shot and there's not <clears throat> there's not tension built into that possession Hey, one more thing, uh, Neil, and then we'll, we'll take a break and uh, come back. I want to talk about your European experience. And, uh, you know, Chris, a l- a kidded about you being a good Irish boy, but certainly paid benefits this summer because you're able to play for the for the Irish team, so for the Ireland team. I definitely want to talk about that. How about the kind of the, re- you know, with a football team, we say, what's it like in the wide receiver's room or the running back's room? So if I could use that analogy, what's it like in the center room with, with Mike Walls and, and Ryan Sulis? Yeah, so, I mean, we had a, a set of room meeting after the Boston College game. <laughs> um, but pretty much it's just, <laughs> like, we would just, it's all pretty much about us, you know, how we have so much responsibility and, and we kind of dictate how everything goes in our offense and how to make the right play and to just trust the offense, I think, is the most important thing that we've learned. Obviously, when you get it on the block, the play is for you, score. But, you know, when you're in our point actions and you're trying 
don't try too hard to find the assist, right? Play with guys, you know, hit the open man, let them make a decision, let it come back to you, then make another good decision, and just to keep playing. And I think that's the most important part of the center room. What's the connection between the three, obviously second year with Mike and, and first year with Ryan, who was slowed a little bit by the injury in the VMI game? Yeah, I mean, I think we, we worked out together a lot in the fall, um, despite conflicting class schedules. But pretty much it's just, you know, Sulis has done a great job, even though he hasn't been, you know, like he was hurt for a while and he's a freshman. But he's been so very engaged during the games. He's locked in on practice. He's locked in. He's on the Versa Climber with me now. Um, so he's doing everything. And I see him in, you know, when I go into treatment, you know, the old man, you know, after the game. <laughs> But Ryan's in there, too, working on his foot, you know, getting back better. So I uh, commend his work ethic. Mike was in the gym today with me this morning. Um, you know, he was putting in work. So it's just a matter of, you know, translating that work ethic and that lineage down from guy to guy. All right, before we go to the break, Chris, I wouldn't be doing my job as the true investigative journalist that I know I am if I didn't ask. What was the gist of the center room meeting after the Boston College game, what can you? Uh, can well, I was not. I was not invited to. Oh, it wasn't you. Oh, I thought it was you. Who oh, I was. Oh, I'm sorry. I was. Oh, that center room meeting. Yeah, I'm sorry. You called the center yes, room. Yes, we did. Well, we watched. Uh, we watched most of the most of the game against Boston College. And Neil's right. It's it's a lot of. Um, you know, I talked to Trevor the other day, and Trevor's dad was a great player, and he loves how we play. And in uh, talking to Trevor, he said. You know, I anticipated it being more freelance in our offense. And I think when you talk to the older guys, they do feel like it's freelance. Mm -hmm. So, but when you learn it originally, you have to, you know, you have to start in certain places and you have to, you know, kind of teach all of the things that, that's kind of how we do it. We teach all of the things that could happen. Now you make all the decisions. Hmm. Uh, but I, I think for the centers, it becomes a little bit of freelance. TJ, Grant, uh, you know, Neil more and more, but you can't skip those steps to just make it freelance. You have to, you know, you have to let the, you know, the movements, the way they're designed help you first and not go to, you know, B, C, D, and E. Mm -hmm. You have to try uh, A first. And so I think that's kind of what we've talked about is, you know, trust what you're doing, you know, notice who you're seeing uh, that you're playing with. Um, and then go from A to B to C. You know, you're making your reads. Don't make up your mind before you have the ball what you what you think you might see. And, uh, again, that that's hard. You know, there are some there's centers of places that, that they haven't gotten the ball yet this season. You know, they're set ball screens, and they go try to get rebounds. Mm -hmm. um, whereas for us, we're trying to throw the ball to them, you know, one and two times every single possession. So it's a lot of responsibility from a position that growing up they didn't have as much responsibility. And so that's that's probably the biggest step they need to take. All right. Thanks for opening the door for us a little on the uh, center room <laughs> meeting. Uh, all right. Let's take a break. A little bit halfway through. We'll come back. I do want to talk about Neil's experience uh, playing overseas this summer, and we'll look ahead to what's coming up for the Spiders with three straight uh, non-conference home games before we get into conference play. So really, four straight home games at the Robin Center. So we're looking forward to seeing everybody out there for all of those through the holidays and into the new year. Back with Neil Quinn when Behind the Web continues on the home of the Spiders. 1061 ESPN. Let's get back to the show. Behind the Web presented by Road of Beer Bar and Kitchen in Short Pump. Once again, here's Bob Black on the Spider Sports Network and 1061 ESPN. 
King lobs it inside to Quinn. Quinn turns on Samuel. Quick move. Puts it up off the rim and good. The spin by Quinn. And he drops it in. Spinning like Quinn, huh? Yeah. I like that spin. Open court. Down low. Backdoor cut to Jordan King for the layup. There's a great play by Neil Quinn. That's uh, just what we were talking about during the last segment about Neil's ability to find those guys like a Jordan King uh, to rack up some more of his points. Jordan leading the Atlantic 10 uh, and scoring just shy of, of 20 points a game. Uh, has that been used, by the way, to describe that, that spin move, the Quinn spin? I mean, I've been making that up and using it on the air. Am I, am I allowed to do that? Are you okay with that? Yeah, I mean, we might have to have a conversation about trademarking. Or might be Is a little it already done? I mean, I think Vita put it on there one time. On oh, he got it from me. Come on, okay, Neil. All right, all right. We used it on the air. I don't know. Somewhere. I, we did. I never saw Vita. And Vita left, by the way, so he doesn't yeah, count yeah, anymore yeah. anyway. So we're okay using that, though. Yeah, the Quinn yeah. spin. I, I like it. It's nice. It's not bad. I, I think that on that play-by-play, it was even the Quinn spin, and he lays it in. Mm-hmm. So it even, you know, flowed even a little bit better. We're going to keep using the Quinn spin. and We are going to trademark it. Um, who gets the trademark? We'll worry about yeah. that a little bit later. Um, all right, let's talk about your overseas experience because obviously we talked about everything else you've been doing to improve this year how far did that go in helping you and the competition you played against and with uh, over the summer months with the Ireland team yeah I mean it was it was a wonderful experience um, you know just to go over there and you know I stayed with my Nana in, in Dublin for you know probably about a month uh, so that was a great experience and then obviously we were practicing and it's it was like kind of a different kind of experience. I'm sure TJ and Grant would know about, you know, mm-hmm. overseas practice and stuff like that. But, um, you know, sometimes it'd be two a day, sometimes one a day. Um, and it was just like, it was like having a mini season in the summer. Yeah. Um, which was, you know, very beneficial. Obviously, you're getting up and down, running, playing a different brand of basketball with some really good guys. So I think it helps a lot with my future, you know, whether I play overseas or mm-hmm. wherever I play at, just to have a, a support group over there. You know, and being able to play against, you know, Croatia and, yeah. you know, at some point you'll play against, you know, maybe Spain or you'll play against France or something like that in one of those European competitions. It's been amazing. How all did it kind of come about? I think we know the background. Your, your dad um, is Irish, was born in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I get that, that part of it. But how does that whole process evolve that Neil Quinn gets selected to do that? So, yeah, my last year at Lafayette, my junior year, uh, there was a kid from Belfast named C.J. Fulton. Um, his dad, Adrian Fulton, is the assistant on the national team. Okay. So I ended up, you know, we were getting really close. Um, obviously, I transferred. He's at Charleston now. Um, and so, yeah, I would, you know, the summer, my first summer here at the end of my first summer here, uh, I went to Ireland just to see family and, you know, hung out with him. Oh. And I met with the head coach of the national team, uh, Coach Mark Keenan. And, yeah, like we pretty much gelled. They are like, we need an American. Our American just retired. Um, and we need someone in the center position, so it'll probably be you. Um, and so I got lucky. You know, I worked hard, got lucky, and I got it. What is the was the style and all of that appreciably different than what you're used to? Whether it was at Lafayette or at Richmond, I think it was. You know, because Coach O'Hanlon, he he yeah. spent a lot of time overseas. Mm-hmm. You know, phenomenal coach, um, and his offense was similar to the offense that they used. You know, it was pretty much what i didn't realize was my lafayette career like experience was an overseas type experience just the way they practice and the way they played and how they shared the ball and then obviously you know coach mooney's offense is kind of similar kind of different in just the way that the center does i think even more in our offense than it does in european offenses which is you know great 
Um, but yeah, it was just uh, it was a fun experience. And then obviously, you know, I got to I stayed at CJ's house for a few days and mm. up in Belfast and learned more about the culture and you know have some of the natural resources, as they would say. Was there ever a point where there was too much basketball? That you know you've been going pretty strong for a long period of time. Now, was there ever a point where you were I, I need a break? Um, not yet, to be honest with you. Good. Uh, <laughs> still love it. Um, you know, I, I, I make a joke, you know, I'll play till my knees fall off. So nah, I, I can't get away from the game. And then even after I'm done with the game, I'm sure I'll coach or do something like that. So I, I love the game. There's nothing that can get me away from it. Uh, how about the future? And, and we're obviously not pushing you out the door here yet. you still got a lot of quality basketball to play, but you alluded to it a little bit. And, and you know, is it hard not to think about what be coming next? What might be coming next? Or is it good to, to be able to think along those lines? Uh, I mean, I pretty much think about what's directly in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm thinking about the workout tomorrow and I'm thinking about, you know, this final paper I have to write. So <laughs> I'm not really focused too far ahead. It's more about just taking a game by game. How about the culture that you've now been involved with here at Richmond over the last year and a half and, and how that's kind of benefited you and, and the rest of the guys? Because coaches use the, the word connected an awful lot in describing this particular team this year. Yeah, no, I, I love it here. It's it's amazing. Coach has done a phenomenal job. You know, I think when I first committed, there was a whole different coaching staff assistance-wise. Oh, right, yeah. Um, and then, obviously, the – you know, incoming the redshirt freshmen and everything, and then this this year the same coaching staff, but then a whole new team, um, and it feels like there hasn't been much of a drop off, you know, at all. I think that, you know, we all are very connected, and everything we do is so, you know, it, it's fun, you know, to just hang around the guys. Like it's just, it's a great time. You know, practice is good, you know, intense to the point, but then after that, it's all you know, jokes and having fun. Um, we've had several conversations of late, Coach Mooney and I have, and uh, Paul Queeley have, about uh, NIL and how that's impacted you guys and how that's worked moving forward. Can you just shed a little bit of light? You don't need to go into the dot the I's and cross the T's here, but about you know the impact and importance of that because obviously it's happening throughout the entire college athletics world right now. Yeah, I mean, NIL is, is super important. Um, you know, especially in the recruiting tour. And, I mean, it, it kind of sucks in that way and how you're going to have to, like, it's almost a bidding war nowadays, um, you know, instead of, you know, just being about the basketball. But at the end of the day, you know, you know, some kids need to make money. And, you know, I don't – and I, I think it's great that to be able to, to you know, to benefit off of what you do, you know, and the support that the Richmond fan base has given has been amazing. Um, the best fans in the world. And we're, we're very appreciative of them. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's been a blessing. The best of the best are right here in this room. That's right. Absolutely. That's right. Tonight. They're elite. Obviously, they are elite is a great way to put it. Uh, you mentioned Lafayette a little earlier. That game's coming up on the schedule. How, how are you? Uh, I know they're not doing great this year, but, but how are you feeling about approaching that? I'm sure there are several familiar fate like i think when jordan played sienna there wasn't anybody that was still left from that team but that's going to be different isn't it for you when lafayette comes here at the end of the month it might it might be three guys left wow in a year what was i thinking right (laughs) i think i mean the coaching staff is different right or is it the same well they're (laughs) yes i know (laughs) from when i was in the portal those coaches were coming in um and then you know i met like two of the transfers from that year um and then after that it's seven eight new guys or whatever they have um i really only played with three 
So huh. yeah, it's crazy. That's that's disappointing for me. That we, we can't use that angle much. I but know. As you, I, know. You, you, I can see the look in your eyes, Chris. Like, come on, that's, that's just, what it is. That's, that's what it is. What, <laughs> a year, a little more than a year removed. And there's almost nobody left. I know. On it's that just team, the sign of the time, and that's Lafayette. You know, that's. <laughs> Right. Yeah, and no yeah, one I mean, no one had transferred before that. Right. Exactly. I know with Coach O, everyone everyone pretty much stayed there. Yeah. Wow. And you know, you look at our roster now and the number of transfers. Why have you guys all blended as well as you have together? I mean, you're coming from all sorts of different programs here. Well, I, I think a lot of it has to do with coach, you know, not recruiting, you know, ego guys or, or bad kids. Like everyone everyone, you know, loves each other really, you know. Um the time you know even though i missed some time in the summer you know playing overseas but just you know being around that group of guys was like we would all just hang out together pretty much all day have fun goof around like even now like when we were just outside freezing cold at the in front of the henrico sports center like we were just kicking it and having a good time so it's just yeah it's just a group of guys that really like playing basketball together you know not any if all ego and just you know we just say here to win well, I appreciate you doing that, and you mentioned that. So 1061 ESPN had our holiday cheer and gear program today in which we collect new sporting goods equipment for uh, the Salvation Army that distributes them to the youngsters 10 to 16, and the entire Spider basketball team was up there with us this afternoon uh, as part of that program, helped load the truck with all mm-hmm. the all the. Uh, sporting goods equipment so we do appreciate that and it was a, a extremely connected happy fun group that was standing out there in the freezing weather because i was out there for a couple hours so <laughs> I, I really do appreciate you guys um doing that and, and chris i know that's a team event but just the way they handle that you know I, I know they needed to be there and all of that but they did they just looked like they were having fun just meeting some people out there and hanging out in the cold weather yeah this this is uh we're always proud of of our guys that we have but this is this is really a great group, a great group to be around, to travel with. Uh, you know, I know coaches talk about, you know, losing together. Um, you know, it's hard to win together until you've proven you can lose together and improve together. Uh, and this group is, is in that way great. I mean, they're a very coachable group, a very, very coachable group. Uh, and then, you know, have an understanding of what we're trying to do, how we're trying to go about it, um, you know, and understanding that, it's going to be challenging and difficult and hard um, and ready to go every day to, to practice and work at it. Let's start winning together on Saturday night, all right, Neil? Absolutely. All right, thank you for being here. I'm sure it won't be the last time. We'll have you back before this year is over. Neil Quinn, everyone, is off to a great start. For the Spiders, averaging 14 points, six rebounds, four assists per game. We'll see him on the Robin Center floor Saturday night. We'll see you back here after the break. One more segment to go with Coach Mooney. Uh, we'll dive into a couple of other topics and look ahead to the Charlotte game Saturday night. Final segment of Behind the Web coming up next on 1061 ESPN. Keeping you up to date with Richmond basketball, this is Behind the Web from World of Beer Bar and Kitchen, 11,600 West Broad Street on 1061 ESPN. From Playfly, this is the Spider Sports Network. Final segment of the show. Well, we got a few minutes, actually. Probably went a little bit longer than we normally do with Neil, but he just had so many interesting things uh, to talk about that I wanted to get all that in with him. As I said, we'll have him back again, uh, certainly before uh, the year 
is done. All right, final segment with uh, with Coach Mooney. Uh, we got Charlotte coming up Saturday at 7 o'clock. It is the first of four straight home games for the Spiders. Charlotte, then Buffalo before the Christmas break, and then Lafayette right before New Year's, and then St. Bonnie to open uh, conference play on January 6th. A couple quick topics here, Chris. We touched on this on the pregame show Saturday. I'm glad we did. I think I asked you something about kind of having to force feed Mikel Tyne as a freshman because of the injury to Delaney Hunt and, uh, and how he was handling that. And then he goes out and scores 16 points. So that, that timing worked out great. But uh, to reiterate that, kind of what he's had to deal with in playing the amount of minutes and pressure minutes that he's played as a freshman. Yeah, I mean, you know, one, he's very, very good player, very talented. I think he's, you know, I, I do think he'll be the next great guard at Richmond. Uh, he's so fast, like mm-hmm. a, you know, like a rocket on his back. Uh, he's strong. Um, you know, he can shoot the ball very well. Uh, with with any freshman, you know, it's there's so much to learn, you know. And so, you know, you just when you think you have your principles down on defense and this is what we're trying to do and then we have a scouting report that says well against this guy we're actually going to do this and it's just hard to remember and then you know our offense as he's figuring it out um i think right now he's in a, in a position where when he's going to try to score he's does one thing when he thinks he's trying to run our offense huh. he's doing it Another, differently yeah. instead of doing it the same you know you're always trying to score within the offense and play and so um but that's something he'll learn. And this, you know, the only positive thing about Delaney being out is that he, he's gotten this opportunity. And he certainly looks like he fits in out there. And um, I do think that uh, he'll be one of the great guards that we've had uh, of, all, of all those great players that we've had because of his shooting, um, his athleticism, his speed. Uh, and he's also potentially an elite defender. You know, mm-hmm. he can really keep his body in front of his man. He can pressure the ball. Um, he has a chance to be really a great player. Absolutely. All right, next chance to see him is Saturday night against Charlotte, 7 o'clock at the Robinson. Let me ask you this question then. It, Florida, there's Carlin Hartman and there's Kevin Hovde on the other bench. And I know during the game you don't care about that, but obviously there they are. Saturday night, here comes Kevin Smith yeah. on the other bench. You know, when you do this as long as you've been doing it, now this is going to yeah. eventually happen. But if you could take a step back from the sidelines and just talk a little bit about kind of the emotion of that and what it's like to see those familiar, friendly faces on the other benches. Yeah, I mean, you know, I certainly don't like it because, right. yep. uh, you know, you have to go against uh, people that you've spent so much time with. And, and um, you know, this is obviously a job where you really pour into your your emotions and uh so carlin is one you know one of my best friends in the world and uh a big reason why we were able to you know as we took over the program uh big reason why we were able to to turn the corner and uh recruit a lot of the players on the 2010 2011 Mm -hmm. team um you know and and to see him having the success he's had uh he's now you know in the running for division one head coaching jobs he's a top assistant at a at a sec school is wonderful and kevin hovde you know same i mean kevin we brought in as a Mm walk-on um you know then we gave him a scholarship after his after his first year brought him back as an assistant and you know hub really he represents so much there have been guys like that who have just gotten better and better and better and um you know of course he's he's doing great in his career and kevin smith is one of you know maybe my all-time favorite spider and um you know it, it, it it'll be it'll be hardest with kevin because it's at home hmm. um 
and you know how much he means. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, just getting a few minutes with Carlin and Kevin. Uh, they didn't say this, but you could kind of see it on their faces and in their eyes that they didn't want to do what they were doing Saturday. Yeah, like, I like know. I, yeah, I agree. I, I talked to them a little bit before the game. And, you know, since we still stay in touch and talk, you know, our, our staff probably knows more about Florida. Certainly they know plenty about Richmond, and our staff knows more about Florida. Uh, and not necessarily everything you can use in the game, but some of the things they're concerned about and excited about. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just, you know, you're always cheering for those guys. And so then when you have to play against them, um, you know, that, that really does. That, uh, that's kind of a bummer. <laughs> well, I thought you had the best comment of all when I asked you on the pregame about, you know, how much of that are they going to articulate to their players? And you were like, well, I'm not really sure yeah. they need to do that with Florida players. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. They'll know what Richmond is doing, but yes. they may not be, like, muddling their head with all this Richmond stuff. Yeah, right? I think, you know, I remember when, when – Rick Majerus was was a coach in our league, and I had coached against him at the Air Force Academy. You know, the whole locker room would have the entire every wall would be filled with paper that had keys on it. You know, basketball keys and the actions and the calls, wow. and incredibly detailed. And that's the way some people would do it. Um, but then, you know, if you if, if when you have good players, you might say, well, that's just gonna you know, the more they're thinking, the less they're right. doing. Yeah. And um, and so I think sometimes you want to stick with your, your principles. And I think Florida, one principle is, you know, try to really get the ball back and fly up the court. And so I think as much as they knew on the bench what we were doing, I think that's hard to convey every little thing to the players and have them still play at great speed. Absolutely. All right. Well, forget about the, the fact that Smitty's on the other bench Saturday night. Let's go out and get, get that W against Charlotte, and it'll be great to be back home in the Robbins Center. Sounds great. Thank you all for coming. I appreciate right. it. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Bob. All right. Uh, and again, thanks to Neil Quinn, our special Spider player guest tonight. We are back with you again next Monday, uh, same time, 6 o'clock, with the next edition of Behind the Web. We'll wrap up the Charlotte game and preview what's coming before the holiday break for the Spiders. Alan on location, Lewis in the studio, thank you for your help. Uh, talk to you Saturday night from the Robin Center when the Spiders host Charlotte. We're on the air at 6.30 here on 106.1 ESPN. You've been listening to Behind the Web from World of Beer Bar and Kitchen, 11,600 West Broad Street, featuring head men's basketball coach Chris Mooney. Tonight's show has been brought to you by CarMax, Lux Chevrolet, Bryant Heating and Cooling, Cornerstone Partners Co-Star Group and Bon Secours Health System, and by Cabell Childress Group. Join us throughout the college basketball season for Behind the Web, presented by World of Beer in Short Pump. Thanks for listening and stay in touch with Richmond Athletics on the flagship station of the Spider Sports Network, ESPN Richmond. This has been a presentation of Playfly Sports in association with Richmond Sports Properties.